From Cross Culture Church in Raleigh, this is Crosswalk. This week, Pastor Clay continues with last week's message in our Building on the Basics series. We're in James chapter 4, where James points out some specific choices that we, as followers of Jesus, need to make. A continual choice to stay in submission to God, and the decision to resist and defeat the devil daily. This week, James encourages us to pursue God and allow Him to cleanse us from our sins. We're picking up in James chapter 4 with verse 8. Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. Now, here's Pastor Clay. This is that vertical relationship that God desires for us to have with Him. And it is this idea of pursuing God to have that relationship. Listen, He pursued you. If you know Him as your Savior, He pursued you and drew you into a relationship with Him. You didn't just, I'm sorry, but you didn't just wake up one day and say, "Ah, I think I'll give my life to Jesus today. No, God was working, whether you recognize it or not, God was working in your life through circumstances, situations, people, whatever. God drew you to him. Now we draw, we draw near to God. We pursue God. He pursued us and bring us into relationship. We pursue him to cultivate this relationship that we have, to pursue God. Now listen to me. Ask yourself this question right now. Forget about, forget about everything else. Forget about what's going on around you. Forget about what you're going to have for lunch today. Forget about what's, whoever's saying what on Facebook. Forget about your fantasy draft and what teams are playing today. Forget about all of that for one moment and ask yourself this question. Do I pursue God? Do I pursue God? In other words, do I wake up in the morning with the idea that God, today, I want to know you more deeply, more personally, more intimately, I know I won't get it all right today, God, and I know i got a lot going on, I'll be but God, today, I, I, I want to pursue you. Is that what your first thought is when you get up in the morning? Listen, I know none of us, I'm just, or do you get up in the morning with the thought of whatever i got to get done today, whatever trips I have to make? You understand know what I'm saying? Because how you answer that question will dramatically affect how you live your life that day. If your thought is, I want to pursue God today. I want to know God more personally, more intimately, more deeply. I want to, I want to, I want to understand him more clearly. I want to know his word more deeply. I want, to, I want to see his power at work in my life. I want to pursue God versus the, 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 the stuff of the world or climbing the corporate ladder. And I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm just saying that that's the priority of my life, to pursue God. How you answer that question will dramatically affect how you live your life today. Think of it. Um, think of it like this. Look, look, look at this. Um, look at this passage of scripture from Proverbs chapter eighteen. I love those who love me, and those who diligently seek me will find me. Do, do, do you get a sense? Uh, the the writer. Here, this is God speaking uh, through the writer of the proverb. Do you get the impression that that he's saying, "Man, do you want me? Do you really?" want me. Forget, now I'm not talking about, do you want to make sure you go to heaven? Do you want to make sure, do you want me? I think that's, I think God asks us that question. When you diligently, when you diligently seek me, you will find me. Look at um, uh, Jeremiah 29, 13. You will seek me and find me when you search for me. Would you finish that with me? With all your heart, with all your heart, that is to pursue God, I think it's a great question for us to just occasionally just stop and, and say, God, am I pursuing 
you. Not my own agenda. Not even what I want to get out of God, you know, right? We have that too, right? God, you know, I really would like to get that raise. Or God, you know, I really like this person. I'd like to, okay. Yeah, I mean, God cares about every area of your life. He wants it to come to him. But, but, but uh, to just say, God, I just, I just want you. And I'm willing to pursue you. Okay. Uh, and then uh, pursue. And then he says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. No, notice the, the, it's this idea of what's going on. Cleanse your hands and purify your hearts, you double-minded. There's, there's this idea of, of uh, both, both the, the physical, the, the hands, and the heart. It's, there's both of those ideas going on there. Yes, it's, it's my actions. Hey, by the way, I think we understand that, or hopefully most people here understand this. Theologically, only God can cleanse us from our sins, okay? So when James says, cleanse yourself from your sins, theologically, only God can, can cleanse our sins. But what he's saying is, if you've committed your life to Jesus Christ, then quite honestly, you ought to clean up your act. You ought to start living like a person who's following Christ. And we've already seen in James that apparently clearly was a problem to the people he's writing. There's clearly people that are not following God but are professing faith in God. So he says, cleanse your hands. Choose to actions that are going to honor God instead of those that will dishonor him. And your hearts. It's the hands and the heart. And it's interesting that he uses this phrase, double-minded. You double-minded. James used the same phrase, by the way, back in chapter 1, verse 8. Is you're double-minded. Oh, I, I want to do the right thing. I want to pursue God. But I, I also want to do this. Or I want this to happen. Or I want to... I don't... I think they're saying you can't... You can't have it both ways. You're, you're either following the kingdom or you're not following the kingdom. I, I really think Paul kind of addresses this... This struggle, this double-minded thing. Uh, in Romans chapter 7. When, when, he, when he writes this. He says, uh, I want to do what is good but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Can anybody relate to that? But if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war within my mind. You hear the similarity between what James is saying, this war that's raging within you? This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. You ever feel that way? In, in, the, in, the, in the guilt, uh, the, in the conviction of your sin, you ever say, God, why, do I, why did I do that? Why do I do that? I think Paul, man, Paul says, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. So Paul gives us the answer. He says the answer is in Christ. The answer is in this idea of submission or surrender and, and, and yielding to his will in my life. That's how I discover how to have victory in my life and not yield to sin and not yield to Satan's temptations. That's how I cleanse my life. That's how I overcome being double-minded. Will there always be struggles this side of heaven? I think so. Will there always be temptations and, and desires and will my flesh pull at me? I think so. At least I, I haven't seen it not be that way in the years I've been following Jesus. 
But if I pursue God, if if I make him my focus, and I submit to God and his will for my life, and I resist Satan, what I find is victory in my life. I find the life that God said I could have and and that that I didn't even know I wanted to have, but that he gives to me anyway. To cleanse your hands, you sinners, and your hearts, you double-minded. To recognize the condition I'm in. Redeemed or not redeemed, each person has to decide that. I I, I know I've committed my life to Christ. I've been bought by his blood. I've been redeemed. I, I know that I'm part of the family of God. Or, man, I'm not sure. Each person has to decide where they are in that. But, but I have to recognize the condition that I am. That even if I'm redeemed, I still have this, this flesh that, that wants to pull at me. Then I have to recognize that there's a consequence. That if I yield to that, that, I, that I'm making myself an enemy to God. And, 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 and I don't want to be an enemy to God. Do you? And recognize the choice that I have to make. Now listen, if you're here and you're thinking, well, you know, he, he's probably right. I, I, I probably do need to... Uh, I probably should choose God in my life. I probably should choose to make him the priority of my life and to surrender my life to him. He's probably right. I I probably should do that. I'm just not sure that this is maybe the right time for me to do that. Understand, you have made a choice. You haven't made the right one in in God's estimation. You haven't made the right choice. And we can pray, as as James writes in verse 6, that God would continue to be gracious and patient with you. But, but if you continue to say, well, maybe someday, I'm, telling, I'm just telling you, based on God's word, that's a, that's a path to destruction. That is a path to destruction in this life and certainly in eternity to come. Choose. Listen, in, uh, in Joshua uh, chapter 24, Joshua, as he takes over after Moses passed away, and Joshua takes over and he's getting ready to try and help the people lead them into the promised land. In Joshua chapter 24, he says this, if it's disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve. Do you see the choice in here? These drawing? Choose who you'll serve. Whether the gods which your father served, which were beyond the river, you're talking about back in Egypt, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land that you're living, you're going into this land and they they serve a bunch of heathen, non-real gods in whose land you're living. But as for me and my house... We will serve the Lord. I, I, I've made this choice, he says. I'm, I'm choosing this. And, what, and, and, and Joshua doesn't seem to care whether 10 people go with him or 10,000 or none. You choose. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Very similar story. First, uh, first Kings uh, chapter 18. Elijah's up on Mount Carmel. <coughs> Sorry. He's up on Mount Carmel and... Uh, uh, he's going, going against the, uh, the, the false gods and their the, uh, priests and all this kind of stuff. And uh, uh, it says in 1 Kings 18, 20, it says, Elijah came near all the people and said, how long? How long will you be divided between two ways of thinking? Now, some of you could ask yourself that question right now. Somebody listening to this message somewhere could ask themselves, how long am I going to be divided between two positions? How long am I going to be back and forth with this thing? How long will you be divided between two ways of thinking? If the Lord is God. By the way, that's one of, my, that's one of the arguments I almost always use in an apologetic setting, in a, in, a de, in a debate with somebody about God. I always begin with that. If God exists, because you have to start there. If God doesn't exist, then none of it matters. We're all just marking time till we run out of time. 
if the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, well, yeah, by all means, follow him. Tragic. But the people did not answer him a word. You know what? They, w- they wouldn't choose. I would, no, I, I'm good, Elijah. I'm going to hang out here right now. Till the fire, if you're familiar with the story, till the fire fell, literally till the fire fell and consumed everything. And then, do y'all know the story, right? Uh, then, then it says the people said, the Lord is God, the Lord is God. Yeah. Yeah, listen, I, I, I don't, I'm all for God manifesting himself, showing himself his power in our lives. But listen to me, where, in, in your life and this whole struggle about, man, uh, 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 you may not want the fire to fall. You understand what I'm saying? Because when the fire falls, it consumes everything. One more uh, revelation, this, you know, this final book of the Bible, drawing, talking about the end times, uh, written to the first three chapters, written to the churches. Uh, revelation chapter, he says, I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other, but since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say, well, I'm rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Now, who do you think has the better perspective, you or God? And listen, we're done. I don't know. I I don't know the full ramifications of what I'll spit you out of my mouth means. But it doesn't take a, a theologian to figure out it can't be good. And it is not, it is not what you want to hear the sovereign creator of the universe to say to you on the day you stand before him. Choose. That's what James is saying. Hey, choose. Thanks, Pastor. James tells us exactly what we need to do in the battle between the Spirit of God and our own flesh. We may not be perfect, but with God's power working in us, we can have victory and God can have the glory. We hope you'll come join us on a Sunday morning at Cross Culture Church. We gather every week in a casual and contemporary atmosphere and celebrate the goodness of our God. Cross-culture may be a little different from what you're thinking. Sure, we're a church, but instead of religion, we're about relationships. A community of believers where Jesus is revealed in the lives of each person. Real people who truly care. Solid biblical teaching from Pastor Clay Stevens. And the most energetic, safe, and fun kids program around. Find out more at crossculturelife.org. Culture Church, taking the cross to our culture and taking our culture to the cross.